Hello, fellow lucky Martians. Welcome to episode number five of the Deep Dive Autobiography, I Am a Particularly Lucky Martian by Jay Crandall. If you're like me and you love word games, you'll love Don't End a Word. Based on a deceptively simple two-player word game I played in the car with my parents growing up, it is now available. During this time, my dad and I went down to the Smithsonian for a lecture on analog synthesizers, with a panel consisting of Bob Moog, Ray Kurzweil, and Keith Emerson. They talked about the development and usage of their instruments and finished with a jam session, with Moog and Kurzweil performing on Smithsonian-supplied namesake keyboards. This inspired me to get a virtual analog keyboard of my own, the AN1X. I admit, I actually owned a Tamagotchi in middle school, and despite even bringing it into school with me, still taking very poor care of it. After purchasing a game called Creatures, in which you were the caretaker of these moving, eating, and talking creatures, I decided to do a science fair project studying the heredity of certain traits of the creatures, so I had to play the game for the purposes of science. Unfortunately, the trait that I chose to follow was unconnected to heredity, but I was still able to play a lot of the game for science, and take the, the project to our county fair, where I won a modest cash prize. The next year, my science fair project was called Ecosystem Simulation Applying Evolutionary Computing to Increase Population Stability, and it was a doozy. I created a program that ran a bunch of world simulations, complete with animals, plants, and a whole host of other variables governing them. It would see which one lasted the longest, and then would create a new set of 10 worlds from this data. This science fair project netted me numerous awards. Believe it or not, I didn't think to mention a single one in my college applications. I won almost $2,000 in cash prizes and went to the state science fair. One was an award given out by the CIA, where the student they had initially chosen was a Russian citizen from Thomas Jefferson. I was in second place, so they ended up giving me the gift of a tour to the CIA facility. I can legitimately call myself an award-winning scientist and was sold on computer science. These science fairs provided a pretty good return on investment, so the following year, I went all out on water quality analysis, comparing numerous aspects of water quality in two sites in my local creek. I can't remember which one ended up being cleaner. I was also the only student that AP bio teacher had ever taught to receive a C in the class, which I slept in quite often, but got a five on the AP test and $2,000 in science fair awards. Assignments were constantly handed in late, and I would frequently sleep in class. In fact, almost all of my students had these two complaints, but I enjoyed the class and managed to retain enough to get college credit for it. I found a small baby bird on the ground and decided to rescue it, constructing an insulated shoebox nest, and looked up how to take care of a baby bird. Turns out you have to feed them quite frequently, starting early in the morning, but I was up for it. The bird, which I dubbed Bird, would get a meal of soaked dog kibble every few hours from sunup to sundown, with my father handling the early feedings. Incredibly, we were able to do this, and a few weeks later, after it had fledged, gave it free reign outdoors. I introduced her to my friends, and she even wanted to perch on our neighbor's shoulder as he mowed his backyard. At the end of senior year, before we all headed out to college, my friends and I all amassed for a group photo in our backyard. That January of 2004, we decided to throw a party at my now-empty house where I had been squatting, unwilling to leave. 
I invited my small circle of friends and their significant others. The party was a glorious send-off, and I'm so glad I was constantly snapping pictures to capture the moment. One of the reasons would present itself during a class I took called Comic Books as Literature, which had us do a very deep analysis of, of a number of comics. For one assignment, I did an analysis of duality in The Watchmen, and decided to try turning my photos of the party into a comic, applying a stark black and white treatment to my photos, and thus the comic titled January was born. I then went to UMBC, and my first year was very fun, which I look back on fondly. Someone decided to host a pirate-themed party, and I decided to perpetuate the eternal conflict that is ninjas versus pirates, and go as a ninja. There were many nights spent hanging out together, and there was a strong sense of community on our dorm floor. Many a late night was spent grinding away at last-minute coding assignments, with many late-night snack runs with a hallmate to the spot, the college's all-hour snack depot. I unfortunately chose not to take Ritalin anymore, as I felt it was impeding my ability to socialize, making me feel awkward and socially inhibited when it was in effect. I think I was just feeling a normal person's impulse control. This caused me to revert to my standard habits of procrastination. My first year at college was at University of Maryland, Baltimore County, or United Military Baseball College, if you ask me back then. I received a gift certificate to L.L. Bean from my Uncle Randy, who worked there, and used it to buy a medium-weight windbreaker-type jacket, something I am proud and surprised that I can say I still have and still wear on a regular basis. At the orientation, I met and befriended Mitch and Rowan, both of whom were in my orientation group and lived nearby. Rowan would come by frequently to hang out, joining the crowd around my computer to play Battlefield 2, a computer that had a computer gnome I had fashioned out of clay perched on its monitor. Also pictured, a big fat roll of bacon stickers I found in the dining hall. I was majoring in computer science and found myself in a three-person dorm room, these stickers adorned our hallroom front doors in the first and second years. My dorm mates were a lanky, kind guy named Ethan, whose dad was a native Finn, and a short, Abercrombie handsome, devout born again. Ethan and I would become good friends, and I still remember the hall name, Susquehanna 3 South. I would come to meet another good friend in my hall that year, Cheek, who let his hair grow out over the semester, but still liked posing with objects. His real name was Mark, but Cheek was a shortening of his last name, and it stuck. He and I shared a love of electronic music and would recommend titles to check out. We even did a collaboration over AOL Instant Messenger voice chat. He has continued producing electronic music. You've been listening to episode number five of Jay Crandall's Deep Dive Autobiography, I'm a Particularly Lucky Martian. A while ago, I decided to turn a collection of t-shirt design ideas which innocently and covertly depict vulgar phrases into t-shirts. Things like a man with a giant wooden golf club, a deer with a massive rack of horns, etc. To get one and snicker about it in the lunchroom, visit tinyurl.com slash secretly Check out tinyurl.com slash hidden animal sentences to see a list of hidden animal sentences I made with my mom in elementary school illustrated with the animal from that sentence hidden in the picture. Luckily, I came of age at the cusp of the technological revolution that would mark our advance into the new millennium and make that sort of thing matter a lot less than it should. I never had a cell phone or a pager in high school, but was a big user of AOL Instant Messenger, or AIM, 
and that title reflects the influence that AIM had on my development. My AOL handle was Nam Sayin, a conversion of the slangy know what I'm saying to text, with a zero, as I had forgotten the password to my original screen name. It turned out that you could set your profile picture to a wave if you used a small enough uber compressed sample, and it would play whenever you sent a message to someone. I picked Burzum saying wow from the intro to war, and proceeded to enrage many of my friends whenever I messaged them while they were sleeping. I also discovered that using specific characters in small fonts in a small enough size, and sometimes inverting the colors, let you essentially draw contiguous forms. So I created an AIM profile nom saying tag. I met Amanda, my first girlfriend, after sending what must have been a very witty message to someone quoted on a friend's AOL Instant Messenger profile page. Despite my impulsivity, I was socially timid in real life with girls, restraining from approaching by a deathly fear of being rejected. Chatting online gave me the ability to ensure that my responses were of the utmost wit and charm. After plenty of sly banter, Amanda agreed to meet me, and luckily wasn't too disappointed by my real-world, real-time witness, or the fact that being the scrub I was did not have a car. Greyhound was happy to oblige. We exchanged CDs, and I danced at my first high school dance with her. She was right up my alley. I spent a fortune on bus tickets in order to see her, staying with my friend Brad. Brad, a friend from Mrs. Bealfield, 5th grade, still lived in Northern Virginia when I was going to school at VCU. He was an interesting character, almost the very opposite of my born-again roommate, and the only one of my friends still in Northern Virginia during the school year. He was a buff, big, long-haired, black leather jacket-wearing blonde, really into black metal and general grim misanthropic nihilism. And he actually liked listening to Burzum. We took a road trip to Philadelphia to see Dimu Borgir concert. I also have distinct memories of sleeping on the floor at his subletted room, as he had no couch for me to crash on. I lost contact with him, but would later hear from friends that he had enrolled in the army and was now a rap-loving, Obama-supporting Jewish gay guy. Currently, he was in the former phase and was up to join us wandering around our neighborhood at nighttime with torches. I had been to only one dance previously. It was in middle school and was a combination of dance and pool party at the start of the year. The pool party sounded fun and I decided to go and didn't think of the need to coordinate. It was me and one other person in the pool, another unfortunate soul that no one really liked. Everybody else had decided to go to the dance part of the event. The dance with Amanda was a lot of fun. A lot of teenage hormone-induced making out afterwards, and I got to wear the ridiculously long wallet chain I was sporting at the time. Eventually, I broke up with her because I felt the relationship was too one-sided, something I came to deeply regret. I took many interesting classes unrelated to my major as well, one of which I mentioned in that MindSay link, Introduction to Mayan Culture which was displayed in the course catalog as Mayan cult, so I thought it was about Mayan cults. While disappointed at first, I came to love the class, and I recall heartily diving into the subject, buying extracurricular books on ancient Mayan culture at the VCU bookstore. I'm still impressed with a paper I wrote for the class, called So What's With the Pink Mustachioed Guys and the Arab Lizard? Information Transmission and Mayan Cultural Development. The subject fascinated me, and I actually bought a book on Mayan art called Ancient Mexican Designs, and another paper, Divining Meaning, Written and Spoken Form. 
During one of my visits to UVA, where Brandon and Fernando were studying, we recorded a song called I Hate the Queen, But I'm in Love with Her Daughter, and I turned it into a video with footage I took that day of events at a campus festival. We recorded all the vocals on an unfortunately phallic, crappy wand microphone I stuck in a sock as a dampener. Fernando and I recorded plenty of terrible music. Thanks to that, a tiny mug and a giant bottle of liquor. A giant bottle I taught to play on my organ, slept with, and threw up with. It's probably not such a bad thing that those songs have been lost. They were not good. But I began to delve more into the nuances of electronic music production and started dividing instruments into their own frequency pockets and implementing compression. Steve joined us the next day, and we explored the beaches while Fernando gave color commentary into a tape recorder, Lost to History. With a Casa Light K++ provided copy of Fruity Loops 3.0, the D-Blue Glitch VST with a bunch of breakbeats waves I found online, I actually assembled an album's worth of original material and put it on the free hosting service archive.org, thanks to Fernando, Tony, and Brandon for their contributions. I made lots of glitchy IDM and dark electronica I would mainly produce. Although I started my electronic music making with a big orchestral trance piece, Empires and I enrolled in an electronic music making class at a nearby high school. I had to take a bus to another school to get to it, but I introduced to them Fruity Loops, now FL Studio, can't imagine why the name changed, and made tracks like Future, Capsule 5, Wings of Dust, and Eye of God. While at the class, a girl there thought I was cute enough to ask me for my number. We exchanged digits, but as soon as we met up with a bunch of my friends, I quickly demonstrated my status as a scrub without a car. And she quickly shifted her attention to the car-owning Steve. She at least introduced me to one of her friends first, and Steve was kind enough to rebuff her advances. Unfortunately, neither her friend nor I had a car. So our relationship quickly fizzled as well. You've been listening to episode number five of Jay Crandall's Deep Dive Autobiography, I Am a Particularly Lucky Martian. To see the Google Docs version of this with the extra bits that didn't quite work in podcast form, visit bit.ly.com slash luckymartian5. And check out Don't End a Word on the Apple App Store if you're like me and love word games. Thanks to Shining Seconds for composing the theme music. You can access their webpage at shiningseconds.bandcamp.com. Stay lucky and see you next episode.